0: And so I'm gonna pray tonight. I really appreciate everybody. Please agree with me. This is actually a serious sermon, and uh, this is the type of thing that the devil is not happy about. I mean, you guys know the devil does not like to be exposed, okay? And so this type of sermon exposes him, exposes his tactics. I preach on a lot of different subjects, as I believe God has called us to preach the whole counsel of God. And so I cover a lot of things. I have covered I love end time prophecy. I've preached on different things about prayer and revival. But one of the things God does use my wife and I to talk about is deliverance and healing. And they go they go hand in hand. So I'm going to pray over this word. And the Bible says if two agree on earth is touching anything that God will do it. So I'm going to ask you guys to agree with me tonight. We y'all do that. And we're going to believe God. To really break this thing forth because there's not enough of this being preached out there today and there's people across the internet that are going to be able to hear this and they need this this is important I'm a little bit passionate about this subject and I'll explain why here in a moment all right so father as we come before you in Jesus name and through his blood we thank you for the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the blood of Jesus that we as your people are redeemed by the blood of the lamb from the hand of every enemy in this place in this time in this sermon all that are hearing this everything is under the blood of jesus and Lord, we thank you for the power of the blood and Lord, we ask you tonight that you would come upon me and speak through me your words of life under a mighty anointing and lord that these words will go out as living seeds of truth Jesus taught us the parable of the seed and the sower. This is going to be life. These are living seeds of truth that will be sown out as you speak through me. And, Lord, even now by your Holy Spirit that you would prepare people's hearts and minds to be good soil. Because we need help by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask by your Spirit to anoint our eyes to be able to see. Anoint our ears to be able to hear that we can have eyes and ears of the Spirit. How many times do we read, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And Lord that you would give us good fertile soil and this will go out into that good soil water by the Holy Spirit and take root grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes and Lord we ask you for strength in this time and boldness and this will be a great shining light of truth that will dispel all the darkness all the lies all the deception of the enemy and bring truth in revelation And Lord, we ask you let there be a washing of the water of the word and that the winds of your spirit are going to carry this everywhere it's supposed to go it's going to go out to the nations of the earth we'll be shocked at every place the wind carries the seed of the word of god and that your mighty angels will watch over it and we stand on the promise that your word will not return void but accomplish that which you sent it for to do so standing on the word we agree together that anything that would try to hinder the word of the Lord be bound in the name of Jesus and back off. As Jesus said, the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So we bind the enemy. You're not going to steal this seed. You're not going to hinder it. We declare it will go out and accomplish that which God has sent it forth to do. We declare it to be so by the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. And we declare the enemy is bound. And Lord, we thank you for your freedom tonight. For everybody that's hearing this, or that there's going to be great deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. All right. So I'm going to talk about a subject of deliverance. I preach a lot about different aspects of Jesus' ministry. You know, when he walked the earth, He obviously a prophet, and he's our great high priest. He's the coming king of kings. But when Jesus ministered upon the earth, there were three main things that he did. He preached. He healed the sick. And he deliver the captives amen and Jesus really is the same yesterday today and forever Jesus hasn't changed the change has been his followers that have gotten a little too sophisticated and felt that they could improve upon what Jesus did you understand what I'm saying and now medical has taken the place of much of the healing. And a lot of times instead of people being delivered, they you know, there's areas of counseling and therapy and, and drugs like Prozac. You hear what I'm saying? The church has, has sadly become a lot more, well, basically powerless in many places. And the apostle Paul said that the kingdom of God is not in word only but in power you have to understand we need the word and we preach the word like nobody's business here okay but we need the power of God too we need the power of the Holy Spirit to see people set free all right so I'm gonna deal with some things tonight um, the Bible promises in Romans 10:13, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered and actually the word save there is sozo and it means save, heal, deliver, protect, preserve, prosper, make to do well. It's everything Jesus paid for. That all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall be healed. And so there's a promise in scripture of deliverance. And we know without getting too much into this because I don't want to deal with this aspect too much. But we know that it's in the atonement that Jesus... Galatians 3.13 became a curse for us because cursed is anyone who's hung on a tree. Under the law, if somebody was hung on a tree, that they, they were cursed, okay? And so Jesus hung on that cross. God the Father could have predetermined any type of death, but he determined that, that Jesus would die on a cross, and there was a reason for that. Is he hung on that tree, if you will, he became a curse for us. So that we can be delivered from all of the enemy's curses and bondages and strongholds and and demonic activity. And we can be free in him. And also Jesus paid for our healing. He took stripes on his back to pay for our healing. But here's something I wrote down. God delivers his people from their enemies. Not their friends. See, some people like their sin. You hear what I'm saying? Some people have a spirit of lust, and I mean a spirit, but they like it. Some people have a spirit of addiction about something, but they like it. Some people have come out of the occult world, and they have a spirit guide, and that thing is their friend. God doesn't deliver you from your little friends. He delivers you from your enemies. And you're not going to get really delivered till you hate it. We need to hate what god hates hate sin and hate these demons it's interesting to me though in mark chapter 1 verse 21 that out of the gospels we know that there's three synoptic gospels that means seen together and the first that was written was mark and then many scholars believe matthew was next and then luke was the last to be written And John was written at some other time, he kind of took it from a completely different perspective. But out of the gospels, Mark was the first one to write the gospel. And it's interesting to me because in Mark chapter 1, verse 21, the very first miracle that Jesus did was in fact a deliverance. You hear what I'm saying? The very first gospel that was written the first miracle recorded was what a deliverance and I think everybody that's read the Gospels would conclude that Jesus had a deliverance ministry from the beginning to the end all right so let me read it to you mark chapter 1 verse 21 they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach they were amazed at his teaching for he, uh, he was teaching them with one as one who had authority, not as the scribes and the teachers of the, under the law. How many knows when you're anointed and the sermon is anointed, there's a difference? And Jesus, when he began his ministry, opened up what? It was out of Isaiah, but it's recorded in Luke 4:18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And Jesus, the Bible says, when he came back from those, those 40 days of fasting and faced the devil, he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so here he is coming into this synagogue. And it's interesting that the demon didn't have a problem with church. And I, and I hate to say it, but I don't think demons have a problem with very many churches out there and going to those churches. This thing was in the church for a long time. This, this person probably went to church every week. Didn't really have a problem with the church, but had a problem with Jesus. And had a problem with the anointing that Jesus was under. Verse 23, just then there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and and he cried out. Now it's the demon that cried out, it's not the man. And the demon said through the man, what business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it interesting that a demon knew who he was, but it took his own disciples a little while to figure it out. And Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet, come out of him. So right there in church, there's a demon manifesting, and I've seen this happen. I'm going to probably give a story here in a moment. I've seen this happen numbers of times. But a demon manifested right in church among the religious people. Somebody probably went to church all the time. Everybody knew him, but when the anointing came, you see what I'm saying? Religion is not going to deliver people from demons because demons are not afraid of your little religion. Demons are not afraid of your little pet doctrines and your traditions of men and a powerless Christianity. What demons are afraid of is the anointing. Anyway, I think a lot of times if a demon manifested like that in a lot of churches, see, Jesus threw the demon out of the man and left the man in the church. But you know as well as I do that a lot of places would throw the man out of the church and leave the demon in the man. Am I telling the truth? But as, as Jesus rebuked that spirit, said, be quiet, come out when he did that the man manifested he fell he went into like some convulsions on the ground and the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice so picture this a guy in the synagogue it's just like probably right now everybody's paying attention to the teaching and all of a sudden some demon manifests and starts yelling out real loud who are you Jesus of Nazareth? have you come to destroy us and Jesus says shut up and come out and the man gets thrown on the ground and starts shaking on the ground lets out some creepy yell you know it was creepy Let's out some creep scream the demon comes out everybody in there is probably just looking at the guy like this and then jesus goes on about his business they were all amazed so that they deba- debated among themselves saying what is this a new teaching with authority he even commands unclean spirits and they obey him immediately the news about him spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of galilee so what was it that impressed people about jesus initially was the deliverance ministry and what you have to understand about jesus was this when jesus was functioning on the earth i don't have time to get into this too much but during the three and a half years he walked the earth in sandals and he ministered and he he taught he taught parables He healed the sick and delivered the demonized. When he was doing that, he was functioning more in the office of a prophet than anything else. Later in his ministry, he's functioning as a priest, which is what he's doing now. He ever lives and makes intercession. And he's coming one day as king of kings to be the king of the earth and rule as a king, the son of David. So right now, he's walking the earth. Everything that Jesus did pretty much had some kind of an Old Testament reference. Think about it. Jesus was ministering, in a sense, as, the, as a prophet, almost like, if you will, in the order of Elijah. And he was preaching with authority. There was healings and miracles and, and all this happening. And that's the same type of thing Elijah saw. Elijah saw somebody raised from the dead. Remember these stories? Elijah, there was multitudes fed. There was healings. There was all this but what was it though that was different see when jesus was ministering and there were some healings and miracles they would have just seen jesus as another prophet but when jesus does something where he's commanding publicly a demon to come out of somebody this was something please hear me that had never happened before that's why they were so impressed elijah elisha the prophets nobody before jesus had directly confronted a demon and had come out of somebody. And so this was something that was remarkable about Jesus. It was like it was reserved for him. And it was a real sign that he was not just another prophet. You hear what I'm saying? And so the people were really impressed with this. And, and it began to spread. It began to have um, you know, people spread this about him. Man, he teaches with authority. Even demons come out of people. alright and then we read other stories in the Bible in the evening they brought unto Jesus all the sick and demonized and let me say this too, us important to bring this out that in the Greek the word is demonized and that's important because a lot of the scripture in English they'll use the word demon possessed which is really not the best translation because and it's true but for two reasons one is it paints a picture of a demon owning somebody that's a Christian and a demon can't own a Christian, amen? Uh, you're owned by Jesus. But nonetheless, people can be tormented and demonized. And so that's, it's not really a good translation. And also, uh, the phrase demon-possessed, nowadays, people start thinking of some Hollywood movie and it freaks them out. And uh, I've seen a lot of people deliver to demons, and I've never seen somebody's head spin around and spit green pea soup or whatever. I've never seen it. Whatever. All right. And I've seen a lot of people delivered. I'm not joking. My wife will tell you. We've seen a lot of deliverance. And I've never seen that. But I have seen the things Jesus saw. I've seen them throw to the ground. I've seen convulsions and loud screams. You name it. I mean it's. All right. So here's some things. In Luke 4. 40 through 41. The Bible says that that people brought all these. uh, The sick and infirmed and everybody to Jesus. And it says that he laid hands and he healed them and he also delivered them from demons now, i'm trying to show you that this was not an isolated incident it was throughout jesus's entire ministry in luke 13:11, there was a woman that we've read the story that was at church and she was bent over and jesus went and he commanded a demon of infirmity to come out of her and she was basically crippled she lived her life hunched over because of the pain in her back and she couldn't straighten up but Jesus goes to her and he commanded a demon of infirmity to leave her and when it came out of her she straightened up and was healed and the demon was causing the infirmity you see what I'm saying and the people there were really surprised at this but that was the, the power of Jesus's ministry and I'm gonna tell you something Healing and deliverance seem to go hand in hand because a lot of sickness is demonic, not all of it, but a lot of it is. And so it goes hand in hand, um, the healing and deliverance ministry. And so Jesus was being confronted. Somebody said something about Herod. I'm just giving you different scriptures. And Jesus said to go tell that fox that I'll continue to heal the sick and drive out demons today and tomorrow and, and on. And he did. And then, whenever Jesus had his disciples in Matthew 10, 1 through 8, and he was um, releasing them, if you will, into ministry to some degree, what does the Bible say? In Matthew 10, 1 through 8, it says that he sent out, it says that he gave them power and authority over evil spirits and over every manner of sickness. Jesus hasn't changed. see the church has changed but the needs of the people are still the same they're just not getting their needs met as i remember there was a story of a lady her name was dorian irvine and she came she has a powerful testimony coming out of satanism and she lived in england and i read her book called free from Witchcraft,"s a really good book and i've read it a couple times anyway it's her testimony and she was a she had gotten really deeply involved in Satanism. She was into drugs and into prostitution and a whole thing. So anyway, she came to know Jesus, and she began to go to a church that was kind of like a high church, uh, maybe maybe Anglican. I don't remember, but a church where there wasn't the gifts or anything like that. Okay, but as she came there, she was really desperate because she had given her life to Jesus. But she was chock full of these demons that she had invited in through Satanism and etc. And she's pretty tormented. As a matter of fact, she said that um, they would bring out the communion table. Now you want to know something that the devil hates, that demons hate, is communion. And so she was saying that they bring out the communion and she would fall to the ground and convulse. and, And nobody knew what to do with her. And she wasn't able to take communion because she's like kind of manifesting these spirits. And on the way out of one service, she told whoever the, the minister was, she said, Could you help me? Because, you know, I've come out of Satanism and I've come out of the drug scene and all this. And, and she said, He just kind of just turned pale and shook her hand and said, It was good to have you this morning. God bless you. And out she goes. And he didn't know how to help her. I'm sure he was a wonderful man, but what you have to understand is is as sincere and a wonderful man as he is, I'm telling you from experience that most Bible schools and seminaries do not teach a thing about this at all, zero. They don't teach people how to pray, they don't teach people about warfare, they don't teach people the practical side of laying hands on the sick and driving out demons in the ministry of Jesus, they don't. And so he had no training for this. And so out of sheer desperation, she was crying out to the Lord, please help me send somebody. Make a long story short, there was a man who was anointed. She was able to get a hold of him, and he came and cast the demons out. And it was a radical change in her life once she got delivered. But Jesus never sent anyone out without equipping them to preach, to heal, and to deliver. And I think that we're doing a terrible injustice to people when we send them through some kind of training and we've really not taught them about the anointing, we've really not taught them about how to pray, we've really not taught them about spiritual warfare, we haven't taught them about how to function in the gifts, we haven't taught them about healing or deliverance and we just thrust them out into a battlefield. And what was it that that really impressed, you remember Jesus sent out the 70, the 72, he sent them out, and they came back, and the Bible records that there was all these healings and all these things that happened, but what really impressed them, remember, they said to Jesus, even the demons are subject to us. And Jesus said, well, don't rejoice in that, rejoice that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But nonetheless, they they were excited because they'd never seen anything like that before. In Mark 16, 15, remember the Bible says there, this is a famous scripture that we all quote, these signs will follow them that believe. Did you know that there's supposed to be signs following us that believe? So let's raise the standard right now up to Jesus' standard is that okay when's the last time me and you let's just be honest when's the last time we lay hands on the sick and somebody was healed and I'm not talking about this cop-out stuff where you ask God to use a doctor or something like that I'm not saying anything there I'm just saying I'm talking about a real healing I'm talking about where you laid hands and somebody was actually healed when's the last time that you cast a demon out of somebody But Jesus said here, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And then he goes on to talk about some supernatural protection. That even if you drank poison, it wouldn't kill you. Because that's how people would assassinate people back then. Or even if you got bit by a snake as you're out, that God would protect you. Remember that happened to Paul. He got bit by a snake and lived there's supernatural protection but i want you to notice the first thing jesus said wasn't that they would speak in new tongues even though we need that it wasn't that they would lay hands on the sick even though we need that the first thing jesus said these signs will fall down to believe in my name you'll drive out demons so there's two clashes here of spiritual forces the power of god the power of satan and when this came together you have to understand that the pharisees they they knew the bible and so they knew that people like elijah and others they knew the story about moses casting his rod down it became a serpent they you know obviously they knew the the parting of the red sea they knew the stories of people like elijah and elisha and these other miracles that had happened they knew these by heart and so jesus going around doing some miracles here and there but when jesus was casting out demons they knew that this had never happened before and they were threatened by it. They were afraid because they couldn't control him. And they also knew that the people would begin to put their faith in him. And so they began to accuse Jesus publicly and they said, you remember this story, he cast out a demon of somebody that was deaf and mute and the person spoke and could hear. It was a deaf and dumb spirit came out And when it came out, the Pharisees and those there said, well, he cast out demons by the power of Satan. In other words, he's just a witch or a warlock. And they were trying to get him to look like some kind of a Simon the Sorcerer or something to the people. And Jesus warned them and said, it's one thing to speak against the Son of Man, but if you speak against the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be forgiven. You better be careful. As he said, I cast out demons by the power of God. And so they were speaking against the Holy Spirit. But this is what was a threat to the Pharisees. There is one story I'll give right now. My wife has a testimony of coming out of her family was involved in the occult, Satanism, all that you guys know. And so she had come to know Jesus and it was a pretty awesome testimony. So you know people have had her come give her testimony on television in different places and um, there was a lady that heard her story real sweet lady that was deeply involved in satanism in fact it was an underground thing the people in her group there was like a local uh, doctor that was involved there was a local police officer involved etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was like the real satanism that you know is is under the surface of society and so she was involved in this, her whole family was. She had grown up in it her whole life. This is a very generational thing. And she had been told a lie of the devil that since her both of her parents were Satanists, that she was some purebred, and therefore she could never be saved, that God would never love her. That's a lie. If anybody's hearing this, that's a lie. That, that may You never know where this is going to go. Somebody can hear this that, that has been told something like that. But anyway, so she heard my wife's story that my wife had had been saved out of something similar and she thought well maybe it's there hope for me and so she contacts my wife and gives her life to Jesus and she was very sincere and let me tell you how sincere she was because you don't hear a lot of this in America although you do hear it in a lot of other countries but her family threatened to kill her and they meant it and she was scared and she, she had given her life to Jesus. She had been water baptized. She asked to be baptized. But she was really demonized. I mean, she had, she had invited this stuff in. And, and Anyway, and so she was talking to my wife about getting delivered. So my wife takes her to this church at the time that was a spirit-filled church. And so my wife knew that they would at least cast the demons out of her. Well, here's how the story went. So she was there, and there's people here tonight, my parents included, that were actually there and saw this happen. So she comes down to the front, and she's desperate. And she's given her life to Jesus. Her family and others are threatening to kill her, and she knows it's not an idle threat. She's scared, and um, she's tormented by these spirits. And so she's crying out to the Lord Jesus, please deliver me. And she goes down there desperate. And the preacher preacher's going through praying for people and he gets to her and he just had his bible And he just does like this was bible. She went berserk. I mean she's manifested demons It's no longer her. It's just like the man at church. That's crying out now The demons are crying out now the demons are saying all kinds of profanity and cussing out the preacher and everything else <laughs> and So he's taking authority down she goes and he's begin to rebuke these spirits and there was actually grown men that are trying to hold her down And um, actually, you were one of them, weren't you? There was four grown men that were holding her down. And she had such strength that she would actually take somebody that was on her, a grown man, and was lifting him up off the ground like this and coming back down and lifting a grown man with one arm. You hear what I'm saying? Y'all look this way. Give me your best attention. Don't get distracted because you need to hear this. And so here she is desperate and this preacher begins to rebuke her and begin to command demonic spirits to come out of her and there was anywhere from 12 to 15 to 17 who knows demons that left her that day and they came out with a scream and she had superhuman strength well the thing that that really ticked me off was that after this happened that a lot of the congregation had gone out in the foyer and you know they're looking in all scared and stuff first off we're not supposed to be scared of the devil Number one. All right, then number two, they had told the preacher afterward. where they said, we don't want this in this church. Now, where is she going to go? I want you to think about it for a minute before you just hear that and move on. Where is she actually going to go? You think professors are going to help her? You think psychiatry is going to help her? She needs an anointed preacher. And that's where she went. There's nowhere else she really could go, and so she went there and she got delivered. And uh, they said they didn't want it in that church. I think that he kind of rebuked them for that. He should have, but you know that that really ticked me off. And so anyway, thankfully she got delivered, and she began to really live for the Lord and has gone on with Jesus and is doing well today. It's it's amazing. So, but she needed to be delivered, and so my point is is that the church is here to help people get saved, help people get healed and help people get delivered. But a lot of times the the demonic is holding people in such bondage. So let me give you a few things and then we're going to we're going to pray at the end here, okay? Demons have a couple of objectives against people. Number 1 is to torment and torture humanity. Would anybody argue with that? The number 2 is to keep people from knowing Jesus Christ you know the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers and I'm telling you I'm gonna to come to that here in a moment but that is very very real and I've seen some things I might give you a story or two but Satan is trying to block people from getting saved and when you go out there witnessing it is it is actually a battleground And I remember meeting with with Steve Hill about years ago, just the two of us talking. He had such a heart for souls. And one of the things he told me was, he said, you're not going to be able to take Satan's little soldiers from him without a war because he's not going to stand for it. So you're going to be ready for war. All right, so number one is to torture humanity, but number two, to keep people from knowing Jesus Christ. And number three is, if they do come to know Jesus, to prevent them from being effective for him they're too sick they're too oppressed they don't have any finances their homes in disarray their lives in shambles there's so much stuff going on that they can't even think about really doing something for God because they're dealing with all this stuff that's exactly where demonic spirits want people is even though you accept Jesus as your Savior God wants us to bear fruit, but the enemy is going to do everything he can to keep people from being able to be effective for the Lord. The three main areas I believe the enemy fights is your health, your finances, and your relationships, especially your family relationships. You need to to realize what you're dealing with. So if you're dealing with the flesh, which a lot of people do, they may come to a preacher and say, would you please pray for me? I think I need to be delivered of this. And then you start hearing what they're talking about and you realize you're dealing with the flesh, sir. I cannot cast the flesh out of you. You will carry that until you die and you're going to, have to learn to die to that flesh. And then some people are dealing with worldliness. They're so worldly. They're so caught up with the world. They're so in, wrapped up in this, the ungodly entertainment of this world too much. I mean, they're, they're literally in bondage to the world. They're going to get freed up from that. They're going to to renew their mind. See, that's a different battleground. You have to crucify the flesh. You've got to renew the mind. But now you're dealing with demonic spirits. See, if somebody does have a demonic spirit, you're not going to be able to crucify that. You're not going to be able to renew that. What are you going to do? Drive it out. You see what I'm saying? You need to understand what battleground are you facing here. And I remember hearing one man saying that he had dealt with depression and and man, he had really fought it in his mind and God had to really help him because he had such a tendency to be so negative in his mind, to, to think so, it was such pessimism. And the thing was though that he wasn't just dealing with renewing the mind because he was crucifying his flesh. He was doing everything he could to renew his mind but he couldn't shake this. And in desperation, he kept praying. And God told him, you're dealing with a spirit of heaviness. And until you rebuke that spirit, and he began to say, Lord, all who call upon your name will be delivered. Now command this to go. And he said it felt like a suction, like a vacuum. Just pulled something off of him, off his mind. His mind cleared up. And uh, yes, he had to renew his thoughts, but he said he didn't deal with that anymore. It was his spirit. See, some people are tormented by something but they keep trying to crucify their flesh and renew their mind and they're frustrated because they're not getting the victory they need to drive something out of their life so here's some characteristic activities of demonic spirits in people's lives number one they'll try to tempt people to do evil it usually comes in thoughts and it's interesting because thoughts come into people's minds in first person y'all need to hear me when I say this see a lot of people think this is me thinking this because the thought coming into their mind says I want to do this the thought coming into into their mind it's actually a fiery dart from the enemy but it's coming in in a way that people think it's them it's they think it's the way I'm thinking and you see that all the time with some real unrighteous judgment and criticism against preachers and churches. You hear what I'm saying? It's thoughts from the enemy. It's is getting quiet in here. But it's words spoken into your mind. Number two is to harass people. I heard this example and I just have to give it because it's a really, really good example. It's true. So let's say that, you know, talking about harassment, let's say there was a, a spirit of anger that was really just harassing this businessman he goes to work and it's waiting for just the opportune time and this man goes to work everything goes wrong every business deal seems to be having problems his secretary's messing things up everything that could go wrong goes wrong he's driving home he has a flat he's got to change the tire by the time he gets home uh, you know his wife is in disarray doesn't have dinner ready the kids are screaming and yelling and finally he just blows it man he just He snaps and starts yelling and screaming, losing his temper. At that moment of weakness, a spirit of anger begins to come into his life. Now, it had followed him and harassed him, but now it's really got an inroad. And from that day forward, his wife notices something different about him. He seems to struggle with getting angry now quicker. And there's something in his eyes that's different. He needs to be delivered from that. number three is torment remember about unforgiveness the Bible says if you don't forgive others God's not going to forgive you it scares me about a lot of people go to church and profess Christianity but they're so bitter I'm concerned about where they're going to go when they die so we need to be careful because Jesus said if you don't forgive others you're not forgiven and what you'll be given over to the tormentors You'll go into some kind of a prison and be given over to tormentors. It's a spiritual prison. Even though it may not have physical bars, it is a real prison. And it is real tormentors. What are the tormentors? Demonic spirits. They torment people's minds. They torment people's emotions. They torment people's bodies with sickness. And they torment relationships. They're always trying to stir up strife. Also, they'll try to compel people. They'll try to force people if they can. They'll just keep riding people and riding people and compelling them to do sin. And they know it's wrong, but eventually a lot of times they'll yield. The next one is they'll enslave people. They'll put people into bondage. Now somebody has a besetting sin, something that they feel like they cannot shake. It is such a stronghold in their life. They're enslaved. They're in bondage to some kind of a uh, you know some kind of a sin in their life it may be a uh, pornography it could be something else but they're in bondage and they need to be delivered from that another thing they do is try to defile people all kinds of perverse thoughts you know just being around certain things they try to release in the spirit realm like a, a pollution some kind of a vomit or something on people And spiritually speaking, they feel dirty. They feel defiled. And it's the enemy doing that to them. The next one is deceive. I'm going to be doing a series in the future on this type of topic about doctrines of demons and deception. We better know the Bible. But I'll tell you, there's all kinds of deceptions. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.1 that there's going to be a falling away. Some are going to abandon the faith in the latter days. Why? Why? Doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. Did everybody hear that? Doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. What are seducing spirits? Demons. So it's demonic spirits and their teaching. And I mean to tell you, there's deception that's all around out there, and it's not far from any of us. And the enemy is very much a deceiver. And the last thing i'll say is it to make it wants to make people weak sick tired and if possible kill them through the spirit of death and there was a doctor one time that was hearing a teaching along these lines and he said this has answered a question i had because he said there were times that there was no medical reason for people to die and he said i would see people that for no reason would just take a a turn for the worse and die and it was without any medical explanation and he said now I realize it was a spirit of death there are spirits that make people tired they're tired when they wake up they're tired throughout the day they're tired when they go to sleep they live tired So let me talk about blocking people from getting saved there is a spiritual battle that goes on against the lost and Satan is trying to keep them from ever accepting Jesus as their Savior and I've seen some crazy stuff I've done a lot of street evangelism and that's been a big part of my life and ministry for a long time And we do a lot of that in River of Life all the time. And I've discipled people and then now they've in turn discipled others and we get out there and witness pretty much every week. And so I've witnessed to a lot of people and I've seen a lot of creepy things. And so I'm just going to tell you a couple stories. And so when you start witnessing to the lost, I have learned a long time ago that it is better that you pray for divine appointments and that you ask that the Lord prepare hearts and that you bind the enemy. Take my advice from somebody that has done a lot of witnessing for a long time. It is better that you bind the enemy before you go out witnessing. Because I have seen so many things. I've seen demons manifest in people. Now, I remember just, I, I can't dwell on this, but I have several stories I could tell you. But one time. I went up to to some guy, I mean, just, you know, just talked to him, hey, man, how you doing? And in a minute, minute, just the second I mentioned Jesus, this guy started shaking and freaking out, started yelling and screaming. And we were in a place where that could not continue. So I, I just had to be like, God bless you, man, and I just left. That, my friend, is a demonic spirit that rose up in him protesting the gospel but demonic spirits blocking people people from getting saved I'm gonna give you some spirits in a minute and I'm gonna kind of do my best to give them to you in categories and then the beginning to the end result if that makes sense but here's what the enemy wants to do he wants to sow unbelief in people there's some people out there that they won't believe no matter what you know what I'm saying it's a, it's not only that they're hardened But they may have a spirit of unbelief that's blocking them the the demonic realm wants to harden people's hearts I think about people that that perform abortions I'm not trying to be mean if anybody hears this that you can be forgiven but I am going to be real and say it like it is it's not natural for people to feel comfortable murdering little babies only demonic spirits of murder and death can cause somebody to be so calloused and hard that they're just totally comfortable with murdering babies and cutting up their little bodies that is demonic it is not natural but they want to harden people's hearts they want to deceive people all right there's also an interesting scripture in the bible that there's a curse I'll just mention it in passing but it says cursed is the one who was born or conceived illegitimately and now in today's society there's a lot of people that are conceived out of wedlock but it says that there's a curse that goes down to the 10th generation that they won't be able to enter the assembly of the Lord and I believe that that tries to block people from getting saved so let me just give you some advice before you go witnessing because we do a lot of this Pray for divine appointments. Pray that the Holy Spirit prepare them and bind the enemy. Whatever the enemy's trying to do, bind him and command him to release them. He is not going to to control the conversation and bind him up real good. And since we've been doing that, it's been easier because what happens is, is that you walk right into a divine appointment, the Holy Spirit's already been preparing the person, and the enemy's bound, and you can have a normal conversation. I've seen I've seen people you know, you think you go up to this the sweetest looking little old lady. I'm I'm serious, I've had these things happen. Y'all think I'm joking. The sweetest and you go up to her and she just I mean she just blows up. I mean there's words coming out of her mouth. It would make a sailor blush. And then I've had other times where where you would go up to somebody that is a, a tattoo <laughs> riddled um full of piercings look like he just left a gang and just worshipped the devil man and he's there he is standing there and you go up to him he's the nicest guy and I've learned that you you just have to just be led by the Lord all right so here's a couple things how do demonic spirits get in people we need to we need to get through this so that we can pray all right here's some gates these are gateways things that can open people up to demonic spirits number one is unforgiveness that's a big one number two is generational these things traffic down bloodlines and they can enter people's lives even in the womb as a baby number three is idolatry the occult and I'm gonna come back to this later number four is sinful habits somebody gets into sin they may not have a spirit but if they keep doing the thing over and over and over I promise you that they're gonna open themselves up to a spirit associated with that sin and they're gonna end up being demonized and they're gonna end up being oppressed by some and see that's the best translation the Greek word is demonized which means under the influence another way is prenatal influence the baby in the womb is a real person and many times I give a couple examples but let's say that a, a mother conceived she did not want the child and she would make statements that she doesn't want the child and the baby is born having a spirit of rejection and it came into the baby in the womb and so prenatal influence can be very serious a People. Even as babies can in, it somehow get under. And let me give you another story. So there was a young lady that was really oppressed. And she knew something was wrong. And she had her little baby. And she had gone to a, a minister. And she was asking for help. And the minister and his wife were ministering to him. By a word of knowledge, they felt that there was something about Freemasonry. Well, sure enough, her father, grandfather, somebody was deeply involved in Freemasons, which is satanic, it's all get out anyway. Doesn't that sound Texan right there? And so as, there, as he's ministering to her, he had to renounce Freemasonry. He took authority and broke the curse. And, and whenever he commanded a spirit of Freemasonry, she, she fell and the wife, just, his wife just caught the baby, but she fell and let out this scream and was delivered from a demon right there in church and while she's going down on the ground screaming the wife caught the baby and the baby let out the exact same scream as the as the demon of Freemasonry left the baby generational sexual sins are a big big door for demons big door major um, I would say that has been very common bloodshed if you're involved in any type of bloodshed if you used to be in a gang you went through any type of initiations where you know beating people they they bled or you've been involved in murder you've been involved in abortions etc demons traffic there um substance abuse the demonic somebody takes a syringe they shoot up with heroin or something they don't realize that it's not just heroin that's going into them you'll hear what i'm saying substances that's why sometimes people get in such bondage to substances tobacco alcohol various drugs it it is a spirit and another thing is broken vows or covenants you know somebody um, broke their marriage vows got into an adulterous affair or something there are spirits in that of adultery etc ungodly control now this is what I want to mention ungodly control There are people in the body of Christ that have allowed themselves to be under the demonic soulish manipulation control of another person y'all need to hear me it could be a parent or it could be somebody else it can be a, a controlling spouse or something but control like that is evil and I could tell you stories of breaking the power of control off people and how they coughed and manifested as something left them and it came from some weird control from somebody some controlling mother or something that it was just it was oppression and see that ungodly control like that is demonic and those people don't mean to but it's a lot of times it's Jezebel spirit which I'll get to later but they'll they'll control other people and man it 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 really traffics spirits and somebody let's give an example some young man grows up under controlling mother his whole life he loves his mom but things are never really a good relationship and as he gets older he may be 30 40 and he's making good money and he's doing well in some respects but there's something about him that he's never felt free he's never felt like his own person he's never been able to really connect with his wife there's something there and then you come in and you break the power of that witchcraft control off his life and it's like all of a sudden something breaks off him and leaves him and now for the first time in his life, he may be 40 years old, he can really be free. Do not let people control you like that. You better get away from that. You may have a controlling parent or some other controlling person. And I know if you're married to a controlling person, you need to be faithful to your marriage vows but you need to talk about that and get delivered from that. But if you have people in your life that are trying to control you, like a controlling parent or something that is demonic, and as you get older, you need to break that control and get out on your own, free from that control. Love them, honor them, but you need to be free from the control. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? Broken-down walls. Proverbs 25:28. This is where people lose control. They don't have control of their emotions. You know they're always flying off the handle they they go into crazy fits of rage or they go into you know uh, terror all the time they just and they don't have any control over themselves they have no self-control that can open people up to spirits and also times of weakness trauma or terror Satan will take advantage of people's weaknesses he'll take advantage of trauma and he'll take advantage of terror especially in little children now, let me say something too, because people want to say a lot of times when you teach like this, they want to say, well, it's not fair. We're dealing with the devil. Don't attribute him with godlike characteristics. There's no love, there's no mercy, there's no grace, there's nothing fair. You know what I'm saying? He is more evil than you could ever imagine. He delights in the evil that he does and destroying people's lives. All right, so I'm going to give you some categories real quick. We're going to move through this. If you think of something that may apply to you, you may jot it down or circle it, and then we're going to pray together here at the end. All right, the first area would be emotions and attitudes. Now, I bring that up because this is extremely common with Christians so pride there's a spirit of leviathan pride in somebody's life can be a spirit too it can become that something can come up upon them but pride is very obnoxious somebody that's proud a lot of times they're cocky and they get on people's nerves and so there's an element there of rejection because of the pride but pride invariably will lead to rebellion Pretty much all rebellion has a root in pride. Because people are too proud to humble themselves and come under authority. A a wife that has a pride issue, she's not going to submit to that husband. She's not going to ask his permission. She's not going to, when he says no and she don't like it, she's not going to submit to it. She's going to rebel. And if they keep doing that, they're going to open themselves up to a Jezebel spirit. but pride leads to rebellion and rebellion is as witchcraft and that's why you see things like for example in the 1960s there was a whole you know group of people that got so caught up in rebellion and where did they end up almost every one of them ended up dabbling in the occult did everybody just hear what i said rebellion led into the occult witchcraft almost every one of them somehow got into either going to a fortune teller went to a seance or something pride rebellion and witchcraft another one is fear control and Jezebel people have a spirit of fear about them they want to control people they want to control what somebody's gonna do when they're gonna do it and if they don't get their way they're going to make people miserable but they're going to control and inevitably this will give a way for a Jezebel spirit to come into their life and a Jezebel spirit when somebody gets lifted up with pride and they begin to control others like that and I'm telling you a Jezebel if she doesn't repent can really destroy her husband and can destroy a family it is a very very evil evil thing All right, and then also here's some I'm gonna give you some categories people get into resentment unforgiveness so here's watch the cycle down these are spirits okay a spirit of resentment a spirit of unforgiveness anger that leads to hatred that leads to violence that leads to murder you see the downward spiral if somebody keeps going down 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 like that it the the demonic will try to get them to a place of murder Also, rejection. A lot of people deal with rejection and abandon. Here's some spirits. People feel rejected. They feel that they don't fit in anywhere. They feel abandoned. They feel like an orphan, and they feel like a victim all the time. These are demonic spirits of rejection, abandonment, orphan, and victim. And they usually come into somebody's life when they're a child because they were hurt. And disappointment is a very powerful spirit. So let me just say this. Remember pride. Spirits of pride, rebellion, and witchcraft. Spirits of fear, control, and Jezebel. Spirits of resentment all the way down to murder. Spirits of rejection. All that. Now here's another group. This is very powerful. Disappointment. People have been through some terrible disappointments in life. Things did not work out at all. It was a very broken time in their life they were really hurt see this can be a very powerful spirit I've seen people really deliver from some of this stuff a spirit associated with disappointment loneliness misery depression deep sorrow I've I've seen a spirit of deep sorrow leave somebody they you know you lose somebody you love and it just go into a, a really dark place a deep sorrow and it, it becomes demonic grief self-destruction how many th- how many times have we seen in our society self-destruction people want to cut themselves people want to do things you know there's a lot of jokes about eating tide pods and how stupid that is but listen it is stupid let's just be honest that's stupid friend but here's another thing about it though it it's self-destruction. You see. It's easy to sit back and make fun of something. But there's a reason why people are doing these things. And there's probably a spirit behind it about self-destruction. All right. Isolation and suicide. And let me warn you about this suicide business. It doesn't take a lot of invitations for a spirit of death to come. People say they want to die. They pray, God let me die. They they talk about they wish they were dead and they and they mean it and they say this stuff and they pray these things. It does not take a lot of invitations for a spirit of death to come. And then pretty soon somebody gets like deathly sick and they start having chronic illness and things go from bad to worse. You're going to deal with that spirit of death. It's it's a spirit of death. You're going to drive that thing out. So that's in the area of the, the emotions and the attitudes. These are common areas. It's not exhaustive list or anything, but this is common areas. So if you deal where you, you feel that in your emotions and in your attitudes that maybe there's something there that is more than what it should be, it's too easy for you to get angry. It's too easy for you to go into a real dark depression. You know that something is is beyond just you. You know, somebody looks at you the wrong way and you feel just so rejected and so isolated. Nobody loves me. That's not normal. That's not healthy emotions. There's probably something there. All right, so let's get off the emotions and go to the mind. How many knows the mind is a battlefield? So here's some demonic spirits that try to attack people's minds. Unbelief, doubt, compromise, hypocrisy. Compromise can be a very powerful spirit. Forgetfulness, confusion. Some people, it's not normal. They, they're, you know, and let me warn people too. Don't just accept things. A lot of people live with things they don't have to live with as Christians because they really sincerely accept it. They, they talk about it. This is the way it is. They've accepted it. And, and it's set up in their life like cement because of that. If you would really come against it and resist it, you'll find that it will break and lift off your life a lot of times. But forgetfulness and confusion. Torment and lies nightmares and insanity these are areas these are demonic spirits that attack people's minds now think about it for a minute has it been hard for you to believe is it Have you felt a lot of doubt have you struggled with compromise Have you struggled with these things you're wondering you know is maybe there a spirit there that's been really attacking my life or the next one is the tongue lying cursing blasphemy gossip and slander and criticism the demonic spirits associated with the tongue i knew a guy one time and not trying to be funny but he really was a a compulsive liar and he would just get going and everybody knew he was lying i mean at some point all of us just kind of looking at him he would lie when the truth sounded better big time i mean just keep on lying about stuff and you're just shaking your head but see, there's a spirit of lying there. Cursing, blasphemy. The, the church going demons, like Jesus dealt with. Jesus dealt with what? A church going demon in the church, in church people. How about gossip and slander? Those are demonic spirits. Also, unrighteous judgment and criticism. Those are demonic spirits. People sit back and they're so critical critical of, of, of you know the worship they're critical of the church they're critical of this person that can be demonic and they go out and they're always just gossiping and slandering that is a very very evil thing all right and let me just warn people don't do anything to be divisive Proverbs 6 16 through 19 the seven things God hates and that strong language the last one he said is the person that sows discord among the brethren and gossip and slander is one of the ways that people sow a lot of discord in the church. God hates it. He said he hates it. It's in the Bible. I can show it to you. He hates it. All right, and then the body. I already mentioned suicide and death, but some people say, you know, not all sickness is demonic. That's true. A lot is, but not all is. You have to have discernment. You, you have to pick up on it if it's a spirit or not um sometimes if somebody is dealing with a chronic thing and when they come to church or they're around the anointing it seems to really flare up that could be a sign it's demonic if it's something that is they get prayer and it's like it totally completely leaves them to come back on them later that's usually demonic it was a spirit that left and came back you need to find out why is that thing there also if there's areas of things like if it's a generational thing you see it plague a family that's a lot of time demonic if it is very chronic or it's something that leads to death it's an incurable disease or it's something that will lead to death usually those are demonic okay so these are some things that can be demonic I just mentioned several you know signs of it if you will but chronic infirmity chronic tiredness or fatigue if you're abnormally tired and fatigued all the time it's probably a spirit it's not normal chronic pain like fibromyalgia or something that type of thing is usually demonic here's some things that usually are demonic but not necessarily always I'm not saying it's always but things like epilepsy things like arthritis stress did y'all hear stress stress can begin to be natural but it can become very demonic and very oppressive it can literally there is a spirit of stress that has has a lot of people bound so stress migraines allergies Man, I remember years ago when I was growing up, I used to get horrible allergies. And as I, as I figured this out years ago, I took authority over that, and I, I am not going to be allergic to stuff anymore. I took authority over it. I'm not putting up with it. And you know that I don't deal with them anymore. I'm just encouraging you to quit dealing with, quit accepting things. Crippling, spirits that have to do with crippling and twisting the body where people will be twisted and contorted, their back, their spine twisted, that a lot of times is a demonic spirit. Jesus actually dealt with that in the Bible. The woman bent over. Also, sleeping or insomnia, either one, where somebody feels so tired that they can hardly stay awake at work, but then also, on the flip side, they go home and go to bed and they can't even sleep. That's that's demonic. That's not natural. Let me give you an example. I've heard this from different preachers, and it's true. But, you know, somebody can stay up and watch TV or something for a long time, but they open their Bible and go right to sleep. That's not normal. You see what I'm saying? There's something there. It doesn't have a problem with TV, but it has a problem with the Bible. All right, now let's go into realms of relational. Demonic spirits of strife whoredoms and unfaithfulness and adultery and where there's been things like broken marital vows and other things and family bloodlines we've dealt with this you guys know I've taught on it but there can be a spirit of whoredoms spirits associated with divorce and division and then also developing unhealthy relationships with other people or other things there's some people that there's a spirit there of divorce and division and strife in their marriage but then they'll turn and just really be obsessed and have a very unhealthy or at least unnatural relationship with animals. You hear what I'm saying? They just simply, it's like they're putting the affections they should have with a spouse onto their pets. Also, spirits associated with rejection and like Asperger's. And finally disorder in the family this is a big one I want to warn people as we're living in a society that is plagued with this if your home's out of order that is a very very dangerous place to be don't think that you have any business going into any type of spiritual warfare because you will get slapped around like nobody's business as a husband you better lead your family as a wife you better submit is okay i'm just gonna be real tell it like it is if you have a problem with that you i love you but you have a problem with god not me and you have a problem with the bible if you're not going to submit and you're a rebel you're going to have a lot of other problems too so disorder in the family will be a big door for dark spirits in that family you'll see jezebel and ahab at work messed up kids messed up marriage it's horrible and these spirits that divide a lot of times let's just use an example there'll be a family that comes to a church and there's a spirit of division about them strife and division and they turn against the church they turn against the preacher the leaders and they're very rebellious toward them well then they end up leaving those same spirits that did that now that they're gone they turn against each other and tear that family to pieces. You hear what I'm saying? Another one is sexual. This is a big one, but I've got to move quickly. It's kind of, I think, for the most part, this is common sense, but spirits, and these are spirits, okay? Fornication, premarital sex, adultery masturbation see nobody wants to talk about this in church but people need to be free there's people out there that are in bondage to things like pornography and in bondage to things like masturbation and they have these sexual nightmare dreams and and they want to be free and they're embarrassed also homosexuality it's just not natural they may have been born with a spirit of homosexual or some kind of a an iniquity within them but it's not natural Um, things like prostitution sexual fantasy and perverted sexual desires these can be spirits here's the last couple things iniquity drives we know that sin means missing the mark transgression is rebellion but iniquity is altogether different iniquity it means bent or crooked it is a a—it's something within people that is bent toward a certain sin I'll give you an example it's very generational remember God said I'll visit the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation so it's very generational let's say that there was a grandmother that was a witch and the parents didn't really have anything to do with it but now her grandson at a very young age he's maybe seven years old he has kind of an obsession if you will with occult movies and his parents noticed and in a coloring book he's drawing weird things that look kind of dark and 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 demonic and 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 witchcraft based and he has something you know what it is there's an iniquity there's an iniquity drive that he inherited from his grandma there's something in him that's trying to lure him into the occult it can be iniquity drives can be sexual it can be a lot of different things all right so here's some under iniquity bondage a spirit of bondage nicotine alcohol drugs entertainment gluttony but you need to deal with the frustration sometimes people get frustrated and what do they do they go to the refrigerator and then they get in some kind of a bondage about gluttony they turn to other things another thing these iniquity drives I'm telling you to really pay attention to these iniquity drives because it can be in families and you'll notice that people are, have a tendency they have a tendency maybe to be bitter and y'all catch that I've seen an iniquity drive of bitterness iniquity drives that are sexual all right the last couple things is the occult the occult is deadly and I'm telling you as a pastor don't have anything to do with the occult get away from it stay away from it it will open people up to demonic spirits quick. And they're powerful, dangerous spirits. I've cast demons of, of witchcraft and other things out of people. I mean these these blood curdling screams, these spirits are no joke. They're serious. Alright, so let me give you this and we're gonna move on. But there's three branches of the occult. Witchcraft, which is the power branch. These people learn to do spells, incantations, curses, rituals to summon and release spirits and control people. It's powerful and it's evil. It's straight from the pit of hell. These people have curses on them and they have demons in their lives. Number two, sorcery. Sorcery is the objects. They've learned to have, they wear things, maybe pentagrams or goat's heads. They may have talismans. Um, They have certain idols. They have material things that are supposed to bring them some kind of power or luck. Or some, some, you know, and also drugs. I mean, drugs are are definitely a part of sorcery. Another things in Africa and also among the Native Americans, the incantation drum beats that are going. You hear the beats, and they're dancing and they're chanting, and it's it's um, sorcery. All right, divination is the information branch, fortune telling. Listen, don't take this lightly, because people say, "Well, I don't believe in it. I went to a fortune teller, but I didn't believe. To me, it was just a joke." That has nothing to do with anything. You went. It doesn't matter if you believed or not. You went. And that opens you up right there. Okay, so people say, what happened years ago? That, that's the one thing I've heard a lot, and I've been surprised that people think that matters. What happened like 20, 30 years ago? Time does not wash away sin. The blood of Jesus washes it away. Not time. It didn't matter if you did it 30, 40 years ago so divination fortune-telling psychics clairvoyance seances people you know trying to consult the dead they're just consulting demons that are pretending to be these dead people there'll be somebody there it's a channeler that'll channel the dead and, and man that's some creepy stuff but it happens and people are opening themselves up to demonic spirits horoscopes have you read your horoscope have you gotten involved in the zodiac Ouija boards don't have that stuff in your home Also, sometimes false prophecy in churches can be a familiar spirit and demonic. So our pastors need to have discernment, okay? All right. False religions, if you've ever been involved or your family has been involved in the occult or false religions, you need to pray about it because there can be curses and spirits. So in false religions, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but just a couple things. Christian science, Islam, New Age, Freemasonry, Buddhism, Hinduism also heresies heresies being false teachings like reincarnation catholicism has a lot of false teachings judaism rabbinic talmudic judaism also has a lot of false teachings mormonism jehovah's witness okay heresies and then finally spiritual resistance could there be spirits that are trying to resist your spiritual growth in christ I believe that that's exactly what some are trying to do. It can be like a spirit of heaviness. Where somebody, look at the downward spiral, you ready? Difficulty praying, difficulty reading the Bible, opposition to church attendance, difficulty worshiping. What does it lead to? Backsliding. And people are trying to crucify their flesh, they're trying to renew their mind when they need to be rebuking a spirit that's coming against them. I went i had to go through this quick I, whenever i go into a sermon series on i'm gonna do one on doctrines of demons i'm gonna go back to some of this and we're gonna take it uh, a lot more slowly with less information at a time but i want to pray with people tonight help people get free we've seen a lot of people delivered and let me just give some testimonies very quickly um, we've seen people that have been delivered there was one lady That I couldn't believe her story. She had been through so much rejection and betrayal and hurt. I I totally understood why she was bitter. I mean, I couldn't believe she had been through all she went through. And whenever we prayed with her and led her through. Where she really forgave and got delivered from spirits. She said for days she felt stuff leaving her. But I mean to tell you that at the end of that, it was was a beautiful thing. She literally felt physically looked like a different person literally her children when they saw her told her you you look totally different what happened God totally delivered that woman from a a life of pain and unforgiveness and bitterness and hate and all the hurt she carried all that stuff it left her also um, we've seen people that have been incurable diseases things like for example there's been people that have healed of things like this um, whether it be cancer whether it be um, drug-related stuff like hepatitis C other things we've seen people healed and it was a demonic spirit Um, things like high blood pressure we've seen all kinds of physical things leave people when they were delivered also mental illness there's been a lot of demonic activity mentally where people were bipolar people had a lot of diagnosed things and it completely left them when they were delivered a lot of emotional things people would go into rages they all kinds of emotional problems delivered Um, God has is really done a work in marriages and families once they got delivered so I'm kind of passionate about this because there are people that I know that had they not been delivered they had illnesses that very well could have killed them and right now they could be dead and that's the truth but because they got delivered they're alive today and so I'm a little bit passionate about it and I'm talking about Christians and I know that um, the church world by and large doesn't want to deal with a lot of things but look this isn't any time to, to back off from the Bible I want true biblical book of acts christianity yes. so preaching the truth praying for the sick casting out demons the baptism of the holy spirit tongues the gifts there's so here's some things to be delivered and then we're going to pray to be delivered number one you're going to have to forgive other people number two you're going to have to be humble and not care about what other people think number three you're going to to be willing to confess and repent of your sins and the sins of your ancestors because even though the the sins of your ancestors won't send you to hell there's no doubt about that but you can certainly be affected by the consequences of their sin in your life number four you're going to to be honest we have a deliverance questionnaire we let people fill it out we'll pray with them but sometimes people are not honest for whatever reason they're embarrassed or ashamed and and usually those people don't get delivered because they're not, we're not able to pray with them because they're not being honest. Also, you're going to to be willing to break with the occult and with occult objects. If you have things in your home that in any way are related to the occult or other religions, you're going to have to get rid of them or you're going to have demonic spirits in your home. I'm just telling you. And there's going to be all kinds of problems in that home. And you yourself are going to have difficulty really being delivered until you're willing to get rid of it. You're going to have to take a firm stance of authority in Jesus' name. You're going to have to stand in faith on the scriptures. Also, you're going to need to deeply consecrate your life. That's one of the reasons. Like last week, we had a time of really deeply consecrating our lives. That has a lot to do with people being free. It's powerful. And replace what is gone. When people are delivered from curses, it's good to bless them. When they are delivered from spirits, it's really good to pray the Holy Spirit fill them. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through these categories tonight and pray. Okay? If you want to be set free, tonight you're nine. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but we're going to go down through the categories and pray. This you know, if you went to somebody that, that was like a doctor or something, they're going to try to diagnose. They're very pragmatic, aren't they? They're going to go this test and then this test and then this test we're going to be very pragmatic here tonight we're just going to simply go with this category we're going to pray and we're going to command things to go and then we're going to go to the next category see what i'm saying it's very practical it's going to help you and god's going to set you free so let me pray first father we thank you for tonight we thank you for the power of jesus to deliver the captives. And Lord we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. And that Galatians 3.13 that you paid. For all these curses and demonics that to be delivered. You know out of people's lives. And to be free. So we thank you for it and we bless you. So the only reason why these demonic spirits are in people's lives. Is because either their sin or the sins of their ancestors. But something opened up a doorway. And so as we go through these categories, we're going to begin to pray about those doorways, okay? And so I want you just to agree with me tonight, and I want my wife, if you would, to really be focused with me, okay? that I want you to agree with me about this, get some reinforcement. All right, so we're going to go through these categories. I want you to, everybody that wants to be totally free tonight, I want you to pray this. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And you shed, you shed your blood. And because of the blood, of the blood I, am I am washed and covered. And covered in the blood of Jesus. And, blood of Jesus. And, I am and I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the of the Lamb from, the from the hand of all my, all my enemies. And all who call upon your name, upon your name shall, be shall be delivered. So, Lord Jesus. I ask you for deliverance, tonight. I ask for deliverance tonight in my life in, my life. in, Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. All right, So we're going to go through these categories here, okay? And we're going to pray about emotions and attitudes. I want you to pray about this where you're at. Do you deal with these things? you feel something here is demonic? Pride or rebellion or whatever. I want you to pray about it and say, Lord, forgive me for this in my life. Pridefulness. Even right now where you're at, really begin to pray about it once it's under the blood we can deal with it we can break the power of it so Lord we ask your forgiveness there's been pridefulness rebellion areas of being fearful or controlling resentment my pray about it resentment have you been a bitter person unforgiveness right now where you're at forgive people that come to your mind Lord, we forgive all these people maybe somebody's coming to your mind right now parents grandparents old friends, relationships of the past, make sure you forgive them. It's a choice. All right, we're going to keep moving on. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness where there's been um, ungodly anger, there's been hatred, violence, murder, rejection, abandonment, orphan, victim, areas of disappointment, loneliness, misery, depression, deep sorrow and grief, self-destruction, isolation, suicide. Okay, if you've been if you've been suicidal, you need to pray about these things. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for this. Where you're at, pray about these things. You have a list there. Anything that comes to your mind, Lord, forgive me for this. If you see it in your family, forgive me in in my family for these things. This is important. The mind. Pray about this because a lot of people have had this in the past. Un, uh, unbelief. Or forgive us for any unbelief. Forgive us, or for this the doubting, compromise, and hypocrisy. We bring it under the blood tonight, where we've believed lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name, forgive us, Lord, for our minds. That have been yielded to things that are not of God. in our emotions that have been yielded to things that are not the Lord. Forgive us Lord. And areas of the tongue. Forgive us over there has been lying. Cursing. Blasphemy. Gossip and slander. God hates gossip and slander. He hates it. Being judgmental or critical of others. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for these. These are religious spirits. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for disrespecting the Holy Spirit and His ministry. Maybe disrespecting tongues, disrespecting the gifts. We ask your forgiveness tonight, Lord. Cleanse and wash us in your blood. Areas of the body. Lord, we ask your forgiveness. And where you're at, just pray about it. If there has been suicide, and and any type of an invitation of death. Lord, forgive us for that. Forgive us, Lord, for defiling our bodies with sexual immorality, occult practices, substances we put in our bodies, drugs, alcohol, tobacco, other things that have defiled the temple. I believe things, even tattoos and piercings and things like that. Forgive us, Lord, for defiling our temples. Forgive us, Lord, for yielding our minds and our emotions to other things and our mouths to the enemy. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin and our transgressions, our iniquity, Lord. And we pray about relationships. Lord, we ask your forgiveness in our relationships where there's been strife, And where you're at, pray about it. Has there been strife? Where there's been strife, Lord, where there's been division, any unfaithfulness that's been there. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, where there's been developing maybe unhealthy relationships with others or other things. Where there has been disorder in families. Husbands not leading, wives not submitting, children not being obedient. We ask your forgiveness, or for disorder in the family. I feel like there's some things there that need to be prayed about here tonight. Deal with it. Forgive us, Lord. And, Lord, we ask your forgiveness for the sexual sins of the past, whether it's been premarital sex, there's been adultery, there's been any other sexual sin where you're at, pray about it. Any homosexuality, masturbation, pornography, things that have defiled your temple, sexual fantasies, perverted sexual desires. Lord, we ask your forgiveness for these things in our lives. Wash us. Cleanse. the anointing really coming in this place we ask your forgiveness for iniquity drives that have been within there's been bondages there's been um, a draw toward things the occult or, or sexual sins or bitterness or whatever but things that have held people in bondage and where it's been iniquity and it's also been a bondage or an addiction though we ask your forgiveness for these things in our lives Lord the iniquity in our lives and in our our family ancestry. Maybe the occult, maybe sexual. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness for involvement in the occult. Even if this goes back to your childhood, pray about it. Lord, any areas of witchcraft, any areas of sorcery, any areas of divination, fortune-telling, psychics, horoscopes, Ouija boards, whatever it is, forgive us, or for anything where we've come in contact with or participate in the occult. Or other gods, the worship of other gods, other religions, cults. What have you been involved in and what has your family been involved in? Where you're at, repent of it, renounce it. We ask your forgiveness, Lord. We repent. We renounce it. We bring it under the blood of Jesus right now. So I want you to just say this now. And there's things as I preach tonight that probably came to your mind. So you're gonna say this. I want you to speak directly to it. Remember, you know, it's one thing if it's the flesh. You crucify the flesh, but it's another thing if it's the spirit. And what do you do? You drive out the demonic, okay? So I want us to pray this. I want you to say this out loud in Jesus' name. Jesus name. I, take I take authority over every satanic spirit. I spent at work, spend at work. In, some life, in some area of my life, my emotions or attitudes, my, or attitudes, my, mind, my mind, my tongue, my, tongue, my, body, my body and health, and health. My, health. My, relationships, my relationships, sexually, sexually iniquity drives, occult, false, false religions and spiritual resistance. Spiritual resistance. I, bind I bind you in the name of Jesus. And you're going to come out of my life and my family and go now in the name of Jesus. And I want you to begin to take authority over things you feel like might be there and rebuke it and just let it go. You may feel a heavy sigh. You may cough. You may feel something lift. But I want you to rebuke it, okay? Is there things there mentally? Things there emotionally? Father, we speak now that it be bound and go from people in Jesus' name. My wife's agreeing with me. Father, I break the power of suicide. I feel that right now. I speak to a spirit of death and suicide. I break that. It goes out of people right now. I come against addictions and bondages. Father, in Jesus' name, it is broken right now off people. Out, it goes in Jesus' name. Sexual spirits, I command you to be bound and leave people in the name of Jesus right now. Things that have tormented people's minds fears and, and, and things that have come against their minds, I bind you, you're gonna go from people in Jesus' name. Things that have come against people's emotions to be bound and leave them now. I see a spirit of like depression and heaviness and, and somebody's really dealt with that in the past. I bind that, I command that to go right now out of people's lives in Jesus' name. I see a spirit of lust to be bound and go right now. I call out spirits that are occults. Many have probably dealt with this, but regardless, let's call them out. Spirits of of witchcraft and sorcery and things and divination to be bound and go. Things associated with drugs and alcohol and bondages to things. We bind you, command that, to leave people. In Jesus' name, we break its power. I bind things that go back to Jezebel and Ahab and witchcraft and disorder and strife and division in relationships and, and trying to divide marriages. In Jesus' name, I feel that. I break your power, I bind it. It will go right now out of people's lives in Jesus' name. Whew. Man, you feel the power of God right now in this place. We deal with resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness. I bind those type of spirits. Anger and hatred, violence and murder. To be bound and go from people in Jesus' name. That's it. Just let that release if you're dealing with that. Rejection, abandonment, orphan and victim. People that have felt nobody loves them and, and they feel that they don't fit in. We bind that and command it to go from people right now in Jesus' name. A spirit of rejection to go from people. Things about disappointment and loneliness and misery and depression, deep sorrow. To be bound and go from people grief self-destruction isolation suicide to go in jesus name i'm just speaking over these specifics but unbelief doubt compromise and time we've ever compromised or oh, we ask your forgiveness for any hypocrisy or compromising in our lives but we bind those spirits to go from people forgetfulness confusion torment lies nightmares insanity to be bound different things to do with mental illness to be bound and go in jesus name right now spirits associated with a tongue lying cursing blasphemy gossip slander criticism to go and people that have been dealing with health problems in the name of jesus i bind spirits of death and infirmity things that have caused weakness tiredness chronic sicknesses diseases in the name of jesus we bind you and command you to gather up your kingdom come out and go out of their bodies now in jesus name out we break its power in areas of relational strife, well, I think we already touched on that, but rejection and things like that, disorders are going to go. And I just feel families that have been dis- out of order, things are not right. It's there, Father, we break that curse. We destroy every, every uh, work of Satan there. We bind these spirits and command them to go from these families in Jesus' name right now. And specifically, spirits of fornication, adultery, masturbation, pornography, homosexuality things that have to do with prostitution sexual fantasy perverted sexual desires we're bonded it goes now out of people's lives in Jesus name right now any other religions make sure you pray about these things the occult other religions But father I speak all these other heresies all these other religions all the idolatry all the occult practices and people things may be generationally to be bound and come out and go from their lives in Jesus' name. We break its power. Or maybe there's been other religions. In the sound of my voice, a people. There's been some, something over somebody. that goes back to maybe Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or Taoism or different new age. And things maybe their family got into. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just break that off of them right now. And command that to be bound and lift and go from them now. From their life. We destroy the power of these things. In Jesus' name. And all that heaviness and spiritual resistance that's been coming against people. Trying to make it difficult to pray, difficult to read the Bible. Opposition to church. try to go to church, there's all this fighting. The difficulty worshiping. Leading to things like backsliding. We bind those things to go, that heaviness. In Jesus' name, to be gone right now. And Lord, I thank you for your freedom. That's already happening in this place. You feel stuff lifting off people. Father, we destroy every work of Satan. Every spirit of Satan's kingdom that's been at work has been coming against people in their soul area, their bodies, their relationships. We bind it. It will go from them. And we speak things that's been attacking people financially. In the name of Jesus, has anybody dealt with some financial attacks? Father, we break every curse and work of the devil. We bind up these strong men and these spirits of poverty, lack, and debt and trying to hinder people to go go from people's lives and their finances right now in the name of Jesus. We break your power. All right, and so what we'll do is if you want prayer tonight, we're, my wife and I are going to go through we're going to kind of move quickly, but we're going to anoint people that want prayer. Um, if you could just play that, i probably be fine. we need to stack the chairs there's people that need prayer tonight we're going to anoint you and listen y'all hear me as you're moving please hear what i'm about to say i've prayed with many people and there's people please hear what i'm saying there's people that get delivered immediately and then there's people that get delivered over days and weeks let me say that again because some people aren't listening there's people that get delivered immediately there's others that get delivered over days and weeks So when you get prayer tonight, you need to be standing in faith about this stuff. It's on its way out, okay? All right.